title of my sermon today is God Can't Keep a Secret. God can't keep a secret. He can't do that. And we're going to talk about what that looks like in a minute. Uh, but one of the things I've been noticing, and I've actually shared this a few weeks ago, but I have, you know, so many people come up to me and they say, oh man, pastor, what's going on? What, what are you hearing? What are you seeing? What do you think? What do you, what do you think's happening? What do you think God's doing? Are, are we in the end times? Is this it? Are we, and, and what's happening with it? And everybody's wanting to know from the pastor what the Lord is doing. And I actually appreciate that. I, I, I understand that there's, the scripture tells us to get, you know, wise counsel and, and, and have people in our life who could speak into that. But I would actually push back and say the same thing to you. I don't know what's God saying to you. What's going to happen, guys? You tell me. Like, what's going on? What's God saying to you? What's God showing to you? Because we have got to get in a position where we have personal connection and relationship with God. We've got to live our lives in a way where that preceding word of God is coming straight from God to our hearts, to our minds, and our souls. That's the love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. We have got to live in this thing. Can't be this, this drive to, well, what is the path? What's God speaking to you? Well, you know, we're in a series at church. Well, what's God speaking to you? Well, you know, the ladies group said this, or my Bible study says, it. what is God saying to you? And, and I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not even talking about the audible voice of God. Well, Pastor, I've never heard the voice of God. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the promptings, the nudges, the, the things where God is speaking and revealing and showing. Yeah. Are you with me, Facebook? Yeah. You can use the chat and help me preach it. But, but I'm saying like that's the position we got to get into. And so I want to encourage you and challenge you. What is God doing? What is God saying to you? And as much as I appreciate you looking to me, I'm, I'm going to point back and say, God's got to be speaking to us. This thing's got to be personal and intimate and connected. We yeah. need to be in this relationship with God. Yeah. Uh, my concern would be this. As everything is changing, we use this excuse, well, everything's changing, everything's crazy, and nothing's ever the same. And so this everything is changing is producing do-nothing Christians. Yeah. Well, I'll wait till this is over, and I'll wait till this. And so we just end up, as a result, being do-nothing Christians. And the devil's sitting back and he laughs and he laughs because we're just waiting for something to happen while he's just ravaging our territory. Are you with me? My worry would be we are falling into, well, let's wait and see. You know, I'd really love to serve and get plugged in and be a part of and make it, but let's wait and see till this is over, that's over, till this is, well, you know, the kids are at home and school's hard and all this, you know, wait and see, wait and see. And God is saying, lukewarmness, wait and see, that is not a good recipe. Are you with me? Like we got opportunity right now to be connected to God and moving in what he's doing and uh, we can take ground. Amen. So I'm going to give you some, some truth. I'm going to give you maybe a little bit of, of rough stuff up front, but then I got some stuff that's going to encourage you and build you up at the end. But God is not a God who can keep a secret. Matthew chapter 7 verse 21 in the New International Version, uh, the headline of this is uh, in my Bible, it says, true and false disciples, beginning to teach us about true and false disciples, which means this, it's possible to be a true or a false disciple, follower of God, meaning you can be legit or you can be a fake. The scripture's telling us in it because it's it's possible that you're one or the other. It's possible that I'm one or the other. What I love about the scripture is, is this isn't God. God doesn't give us these words and give us his ways so that he can beat us on the head and be this angry. It's actually a very loving um, heavenly father who, just like your earthly father, would come in and try to give you advice to help you. Yeah. 
to help you. It's not to hinder you. It's not to be some overbearing rule person. So a, a father who has more experience comes in and says, like, hey, now when you're doing that, when you're building that, anybody with any expertise who knows something about something would give you advice like, hey, now make sure you don't do this and don't do that. Not because I'm a jerk. It's because if you do those things, it doesn't turn out good. Don't over-tighten the screw. You'll strip the head. Like, oh, okay, I get it. I'm doing it for your benefit. This is what God is doing for us in Scripture. He's saying, I'm warning you. I'm giving you a caution here. It's possible for you to be a true or a false follower of God. And so we got to dig into this. Verse 21, it says this. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven, many will say to me, so many, not a few, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name, did we not drive out demons in your name and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, meaning he's not even going to be on the fence about it, plainly, clearly, confidently, he's going to say back to them, I never knew you away from me, evildoers a false disciple, a false follower of God, somebody who, who wasn't in it the way that they were supposed to be in it. The Passion Translation says it like this. My headline says, Jesus warns of pretenders, meaning it's possible for us to just pretend all of this, yeah. play all, oh, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christ follower, I'm a Christian. And if we're not careful, you need to even watch the books that are being written by some of the authors. There's, there's a sprinkle, there's a dusting of God on it. But they're really not in intimacy and connection and relationship and devotion to following God. It's like if we put enough of this on here, are you understanding? And I'm not going to name names of things, but, but we're seeing it bleed its way into culture. It's this really cute version of Christianity. It's not a committed, true follower. Are you with me? So the, the, he warns of this pretender, it's possible for you to fake. It's possible for you to just go through the motions and it not actually affect you and change you and convict you and move you. Yeah. Meaning we should come to these places and be changed and altered and yeah. pour ourselves back out for others. Are you with me? So it says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the realm of heaven's kingdom. It is only for those who persist. Stay at it. Stay at it. Stay in it. Persist in doing what is the will of my heavenly Father. On the day of judgment, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, don't you remember us? Didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out demons and do many miracles for the sake of your name? But I will have to say to them, go away from me, you lawless rebels. I've never been joined to you. I've never been connected to you. You could say it like this. You've loved the world more than you've actually loved me. You've been a person who's been more joined to the things of the world than you've been joined to me. The person that's, that's going to see this rejection and this castaway is the person who says, yeah, I, I get God and I thumbs up God and I go to church and I'm kind of a thing, but I'm still more joined to the ways of the world what I talk about, care about, give to, give my time to, I'm more joined to the ways of this world than I am the kingdom of God. And God's calling that false discipleship. He's saying you have to be intimately connected, secretly, privately in this relationship with God. We can't window shop this thing. Uh, you guys all amen to it the last couple of weeks as I'm saying the days of cute church are over. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is a call to action for all of us. Yeah. 
is calling us to be joined together with God in this work of the kingdom and everything else of the world doesn't matter. Are you joined to this thing? Are you in this, in the secret, in the private, in the intimacy relationship with God? Are you with me today? Yeah. It's like this. We, uh, you know, we know of things. We, we know of God and we know the ways of God. It's just like Daniel, my guy, he's here on the front row. Uh, Daniel, uh, he's my guy, bandido. We're in this together. We're doing this thing. And, and I love Daniel and I'm for Daniel and I know Daniel. But the truth is about Daniel, I don't know everything about Daniel. I don't know his shoe size. I don't know his middle name. I don't know how he likes his toast. Hopefully with grape jam, if he's a man of God, right? I don't know what kind of milk he drinks with his toast. You know, hopefully it's not skim milk. Because the first thing they do when you get to hell is they say, welcome to hell, here's skim milk. Diet milk. Who does that? Here's diet milk. So all you good God, oh, that's a false disciple if you're drinking skim milk. Go home, repent to your ways, go down to the store, get some good, creamy, delicious, ice-cold milk. Can I get amen today? But I don't know. I know a lot about him. I'm for him. I'm in it with him. But I, but I don't know him, know him. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not joined together with him. I'm for him, but I'm not joined together. I thought about it like this. We're in the season of Christmas music. It's the time of the year where you mumble a lot of music because it only comes around one time a year. And you don't know all the big words and all of the big Christmas things, but you, you know the songs. And I'm trying to show you the layers of relationship here that, that God could be trying to get us to understand. We know of the songs, so we kind of mumble through a few, things, a few things. But then there's some of you that actually know the songs, so now you know all the words. You're another level joined to these songs. And these are bad examples, but I'm giving them to you anyway. But you're at another level joined to these songs. But then you can go to even another level. You might be a musician who knows how to play these songs. And so now you're like, you're another level joined to these songs because now you know how to make these songs. You're participating in the, in the making and the moving of these songs. But then after that, what you could do is you could actually join the band of the artist who wrote these songs and you could be a part of the story and the move. You could be another layer. Are you understand what I'm saying? Join together in the song. And so this is what God is saying. He's saying we have got to be a people who don't just mumble our way through some church stuff, not just know all the things, but we got to get in the story of this all. We got to get joined together in this. You got to love this more than you love the ways of the world. You got to love this more than you love your comfort. I'm glad you said amen to that because I'm going to hold you to it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not kidding. But we got to join in this thing. It's got to be who we are. We got to love it more than we love everything else. We got to be, we got to be joined together with him. Those are the ones that God says, yeah, those are the ones who are in the kingdom. Those are, are not the, the many who are not going to make it. It's, it's those that are in this. And so God, God is calling us into this. That's why the scripture said, I preached a couple weeks ago in Matthew 11, it says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened. I talked about how the word over all of us is, is that we're tired, we're burnt out, we're all just beat up, we're all just dinged up. And he's saying, come to me, all who are weary and burdened. And he says, learn from me. Yeah. Why? Because we got to be joined together in him if we're going to survive, friends. Yeah. If you're going to make it in this thing, you've got to be joined together. You've got to come to him. You've got to put on his yoke. He says, that's where you find rest. It's when we come to him in the private, the intimate, the secret moments that God puts his reward on us. 
I'm here to tell you today that when, when you come in and you truly do this thing, everything you do in intimacy and connection and relationship with God, when you join to him, he is a rewarder. God can't keep a secret. Everything you do in relationship and for him and with him, joined with him, God will reward. Can I get an amen? Matthew or Deuteronomy chapter 5 talks about how when Moses went and got the Ten Commandments, I'm going to start to encourage you now because I believe we're going to do this. We're going to step into this. We're going to be joined together in God, and we're going to see him reward every step that we take for his kingdom. Can I get an amen today? Deuteronomy chapter 5 talks about how God is getting ready to give the Ten Commandments, and the scripture says that there's fire on the mountain, and the scripture says that Moses goes into the fire. And it says that the people that are with, with Moses, they retreat. The scripture said that they drew back. They were afraid. Now, the scripture said about Moses that Moses was a man who knew God's ways. He was joined together with God, privately, intimately, connected in, in heart relationship with him. Not one of those people who goes through the motions, who fakes it, who just pretends, the pretenders Jesus warned of. Somebody who actually spends time with God and in relationship with and for God. Are you with me? So the fire's on the mountain, and the shallow people say, oh, let's draw back, let's hold back. Jesus, or Moses, who says, no, I'm somebody who knows God's ways. I'm going into that. God wants us to be the people when we see the fire, when we see the tribulation, when we see the things. God wants us to be the people who go into the fire because we know his ways. You guys all have been encouraging me to do that. Each week, you're like, yeah, get a pastor. You're saying crazy things. I love it. <laughs> Go up the mountain into the fire. We'll get you out of jail. I've just been waiting for this week to say, you have to come with me. And I'm not kidding. Why are you laughing? God is calling us to this closeness, the nearness. The reason you're cheering me on in it is because your soul wants it. Yeah. You were created for this. This is your moment. This is not where we draw back in fear. This is not where we let coronaviruses and all these other things hold us back from what God has. I believe there's an awakening here. There's a fire on the mountain and God wants to speak to his people. And you got to come with me, friends. This is your moment. But it's personal. It's personal. That's why you see me emotional. It's because God wants to know you personally. The days of Q Church is over. The days of playing and going through and great programs and great, the sophistication of church is over. We're rebels, Dottie. <laughs> Some of you are like, I don't know if he's kidding. I get more concerned each week. Yeah, you, you should be concerned. I have too many instigators in my life. Did you see this? Did you hear what God said? I'm like, oh yeah, I did. Let's go. We're bandits. <laughs> we don't draw back. We don't draw back. Moses knew God's way. It caused him to press in. And I think the devil laughs and laughs and laughs when we are sophisticated and we go, it's wisdom right now if we draw back. There's a fire on the mountain, and God's calling us into it. And he has great promises for us to give us if we'll trust him to go into the mountain because we know God is good. And he won't let anything happen to us because no weapon formed against us will prosper. And all who rise up against us will fall. You want me to keep going? (laughs) 
Matthew chapter 6, I got to kind of get back to what we were supposed to talk about. I don't know why you second service people bring out the worst in me. For real, first service went nothing like this, but it's like rehab. Yeah, it's like rehab, and we're supposed to be getting better, but I think we're making each other worse. That's what you guys are for me. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, the Passion Translation, says, Examine your motives. Make sure you're not showing off when you do your good deeds, only to be admired by others. Otherwise, you will lose your reward by your heavenly Father. Give secretly, and your Father who sees all you do will reward you openly, because God can't keep a secret. When you press on and you trust God and you go, even when it's in secret and no one notices, God rewards it. God can't keep a secret. Verse 6. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you because God will never keep a secret. What you do for him in private, what you do for him in relationship, what you do for him in intimacy with him, God always rewards. Well, pastor, it's not working, and I don't see a breakthrough, and my kids are going crazy, and my finances aren't fixed. Keep on believing, even in secret, that God will reward. Are you with me? It's not working in the church, and all this stuff, and the enemy, and you see they're doing this and doing Who cares? Keep sowing in secret. Can I get an amen? And the scripture isn't telling you that every time you should pray, you should pray in private. Every time you should do nothing. But what it's saying is it's warning you that don't be a person that the only time you do things for God is when other people see it and notice. The only time you pray is at the prayer meeting. The only time that you worship is at the worship service. The only time you say amen is during a sermon. The only time you seek the Lord is when everybody says, no, no, we need these private moments. We need to throw these prayer grenades all around our town, all throughout in our cars. We're just, I said prayer grenades, not, you know, like (laughs) we're praying, we're praying the price, we're praying the price. No one's noticing, no one's seeing, no one's sending you an email saying, good job, I noticed that you're praying the price. No, but God has seen it and he can't keep a secret and he'll reward you. It's this personal relationship, this personal relationship. I'm worried, not worried because I'm not worried. My concern, my caution is that everybody is waiting. The church of this hour is waiting for everybody else to do something. Well, if we can get the right president in there, if the pastor will do the right thing, if we do this right thing, if we get the right class, then certainly all this privately yeah, yeah. That's good. in togetherness with God, join yeah. together with him. Yeah. And God can't keep her secret. He'll reward us. Yeah. So the scripture says, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Seek the kingdom, put it first no matter what, and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Why? Because he can't keep a secret. Whatever you sow, whatever you plant, whatever you seek, whenever you're pursuing, whenever you're staying, joined together with him, God is the person who will reward it. So don't worry about tomorrow, what it will bring and its own worries. Today's troubles have enough trouble for today is what the scripture goes on to say. Don't even worry about all that stuff. What do you worry about? You worry about being joined together with God, joined together with God, pursuing God in secret. When no one notices, you stay after it. So we keep serving, and we keep serving, and we keep showing up. Oh, I don't know. I just, I'm getting tired, and I keep serving. I don't see a difference, and it seems like it's not making it. You keep serving. You keep serving because you keep seeking, and God will give you everything you need. 
You keep giving and you keep giving and you keep giving and you keep sowing and you keep blessing people and you keep paying for that person's gas and you keep checking on that single mom. Are you with me? And nobody's going to notice. Nobody's going to write you a letter. You're not going to get a little trophy from your church. But if you keep doing it, God will reward you. Instead of waiting for somebody else to step in. They used to say that 90% or uh, 10% of the church people did 90% of the church's work. So it's like the same 10% did all the work, they did all the giving, all the serving, all the praying, all the things, 10%. During coronavirus, it's like the 1% is doing 99% of the work, you know? Like I'm training my dog to make coffee over there, you know? He's like, <laughs> and, uh, and here's the thing, it's why, it's because the enemy's trying to say, oh, if I can reel, if I can steal them, if I can steal from them, if I can get them scared, if I can get them afraid, if I can get them just stuck in neutral, I'm going to rob them of their public reward. Yeah. If, if I can just get them thrown off track and God is saying, no, stay joined together with me. Yeah. Keep serving, keep praying, keep loving. Are you with me? Yeah. Keep attending, keep being connected. You know, we can use all of these excuses for why we're throwing away our joined togetherness with God. And it's a huge disservice to what God wants to do. Are you with me? Yeah. Luke chapter eight, verse 17 says this, for nothing is secret that will not be revealed. Some of my guys, where are we at? Can we get an amen on that one? For nothing is secret that will not be revealed. Come on, somebody. For anything hidden that will not be known and come to light. We love to use this scripture to get our kids. Don't you go doing anything you're not supposed to. It's going to come to light. Some of you are like, oh, that was my childhood. That's what they said. (laughs) But we love to preach this in a negative way. And I'm going to use it on date nights with my girls. Hey, have fun on your date. Just remember, anything you do in secret is going to come to light. And I work for God, so he's got my number. But I want to encourage you in this way today. I've been taught in every scripture, you can read it both ways. There's a warning of be careful, but there's a warning of be careful, because if you do it the right way, there's a great promise in this. And so let me read it to you with a great promise. For there's nothing in secret that will not be revealed. You keep praying. You keep believing and no one's noticing. You keep calling back that prodigal. You keep calling in those resources for that ministry. Keep. Are you with me? And it promises nothing that you've sown and hidden will not come to light. It will. God will grow it. Are you with me? And so stand on these scriptures. Just keep pushing the plow. Keep, keep grinding. I put it down like this. Future victories are won in secret time commitments. Future victories are won in secret time commitments. I'm telling you, there is no hocus pocus in God. Uh, well, actually, some churches there are. I do believe in signs and wonders, just for the record. But I'm just saying, most of what I stand in today... I secret placed somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. I, I didn't say this in first service, but I'll tell you guys because I got the time. This church is here today because of secret moment times that I had when I was 18 years old. Uh, my mom was a children's pastor at Res Life Grand Haven, and they started an outreach ministry. I'll say this quickly. Um, but it was a U-Haul truck that they converted into a kids' ministry uh, truck. And um, sounds like a terrible idea now, because what we would do <laughs> is we would show up with this U-Haul truck, the side would fold down into like a mobile sidewalk Sunday school stage, 
and kids would come from the neighborhood in the inner city parts of Holland, and we'd do these kids' services, and they were incredible. Here's the part that sounded bad, is during the day on my lunch break, when the kids would get out of school at a couple of the Holland schools, I would show up outside the school with a flyer, and I would say, like, hey, kids, do you like free candy? <laughs> we're going to have a U-Haul truck back here in three hours. should join us. And they did. And I hope their parents are in jail. No, I'm just kidding. And it was incredible. It was actually really effective. But here's the thing. It really was my first step. It was my first step. I mean, if, yeah. It was my first step into ministry, like, as, like, a, I'm doing this. This is my commitment to the Lord. So many of you know, I was a, I was a bakery manager, cake decorator. Proud to say online to the public, if some of our family who's watching at our Christmas party, we had a gingerbread making contest yesterday. <laughs> you know who holds the trophy. The champ is here. And uh, anyway, so I ran this bakery. I was a cake decorator. And uh, on my lunch breaks, nobody saw. And I wasted my lunch breaks. I didn't get to take a break. And, and so on my lunch breaks, I'd get in my car. I'd drive as fast as I could to Holland. I'd tell all the kids about the things. I'd come back. Week after week, you're sowing seed, and you're doing all this stuff, and yeah. no one notices, and no one's recognizing, and you're doing all this stuff. And I'm standing in the victories of former days. Here's why I can say that is directly connected to this, because I was on the fence about planting this church. To be honest with you, it was the negative influence of my parents, my wife, like, yeah, you should do it. I'm like, you guys, it sounds like a terrible idea. Come back and start another church in a town that doesn't need another church, you know, like, and, 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 and. And I don't say the right things in West Michigan, you know. Yeah. People meet me and say, are you from around here? I'm like, what's that supposed to mean? And, uh, and so anyway, I had talked to Nate Marielke, who's on our board. He's a worship leader at Central. I said, Nate, I'm struggling. I got this opportunity in California to go be a, a, a pastor at a church there. We had just resigned from a dysfunctional church we were a part of. I said, Nate, I'm just struggling. You know, I got this opportunity. It's security. We had just had our daughter. She's like three months old, our firstborn child. And I said, you know, Nate, you know, I can go. It's a sure thing. It'll be great. It's a very well-established church. Many of you know Lincoln Brewster, the worship artist. He was the worship leader at that church. I'm like, Nate, I want to, you know, this is the opportunity. And, and I said, but then the other crazy idea is like, just move back home to Zealand and launch this church. And it's in our heart. And, you know, we're feeling like this. His word, very clear. <laughs> it was one of the tipping points. It was combined with one of the other prophetic words we got, which I know some of you say, oh, prophetic, I don't know. Well, we're here today because of a prophetic word, so <laughs> test it how you want. No, hold on. So, <laughs> so here's where I'm at. I, he says, hey, here's what the Lord is saying to me. I just want to give you this word. He said, I believe you need to go plant the church in Zealand because you have secret, secret seeds. You have seeds that you sowed in the past that God is ready to bring to life. Amen. And I can walk around this stage. Nico, a drummer who drums for us, and all these other people from other seasons of our life are a part of this thing. Why? Because we had secret seeds Amen. that nobody knew when I was driving back and forth to Holland on my lunch breaks and believing God and sowing anyway and trusting him that God would use what was secret and bring it to light. Can I get an Amen. I'm telling you, I don't care if no one notices and no one hears and no one gives you the pat on the back. So anyway, yeah. 
Be committed. Stay connected. God has public reward and provision for you. Can I get an amen? amen? Provisions are preceded by private time processes. Provisions are preceded by private time processes. You're sitting down with your budget and nobody knows it. And you're making a commitment to the Lord to be generous, faithfully. No one sees it. No one knows it. And you're doing it and you're doing it. And then provision, what's done in secret, God will bring into light. Are you with me? You're sitting down and you're saying in your marriage, we're going to keep this commitment. We're going to church. We're not deciding on Saturday night. Are we going to go? Should we go? Wake up. Are we going? Are we going? No, you've already made an, a decision that, that, that. 58 times in a year. Well, there's only 52. Well, come to two services then, honestly. <laughs> I'm coming to 58 services a year. We, we've made up our mind. It's not hit, skip, and miss. We, we, we've decided provisions are preceded by private time processes. You've made decisions yeah, yeah. about what it's going to look like in your life. Why? Because you want to be joined together with God. Yeah. You want to be connected in the private and in the personal. Are you with me? Many people say, oh, I just, I just feel so buried. And we've all heard that. We've all heard that statement that says, you're not buried, you're planted. You're in a planted season right now. That private moment, that secret moment where no one can see, no one knows. No one knows what it's like for you. It seems so dark. You feel so disconnected. You feel like you're no, God's about to bring it to light. Amen. He's planted you. You're germinating. Yeah. All of us super spreaders in here are germinating. <laughs> Cut that off the live stream. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> it's live. I used to be able to tell Doug to edit my stuff out. Now he's like, bro, be careful. <laughs> you almost swore a couple times. <laughs> it got bad when Daniel left. It's like the parents left. <laughs> I stand behind Yippee-ki-yay. Stand behind that. Pastor, I need to talk to you. <laughs> Well, we're closed during the week because coronavirus. <laughs> I'll meet you when it's over. <laughs> Joshua chapter 3 verse 5 says this. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. When you consecrate yourself to the Lord... Doesn't matter who sees it, doesn't matter who knows about it, doesn't matter what kind of recognition you get, you're saying, I'm consecrating, I'm joining myself to the Lord. Amen. No matter what things look like, no matter how I feel, no matter what the mood I'm in, no matter what the bank account says, I am consecrated to the Lord. Amen. He will do amazing things among you tomorrow. Yeah. Whatever you do in secret, God will bring to the light on your behalf. Are you with me? Yeah. Stay with it, stay committed. The, 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 Definition of consecrate, which consecrate is a verb, it takes action. It means to devote irrevocably to the worship of God. I hope it's said about you, you're a person. I hope it's said about me that we're a people who are devoted irrevocably to our worship of God. Amen. We ain't going nowhere. Amen. You tell that fox. Yes. Yes. Consecrate is to make or declare sacred. That's our heart for the Lord. That's why fasting Jesus gives us this incredible example of even fasting. You see in scripture where fasting is this private, it's this joined together with God moment where you're saying, I'm giving up, I'm sacrificing, I'm pushing aside these things so that I can be what? Connected, joined together, privately, intimately connected to God. Jesus did it. Daniel did it. Peter did it. Samuel, Esther, John the Baptist. 
They all said, we know in these secret, private, intimate moments with God, they bring breakthrough, don't they? Jesus in the wilderness. The scripture says that Jesus is led out into the wilderness. He's being tempted by the devil. The wilderness moment is a place where no one knows, no one sees, no one can tell. And the enemy's tempting him, tempting him. And the scripture says that he stands up for him. He says, no, 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 I'm joined together with the mission, the kingdom of God. I'm not going to compromise. Are you with me? Staying in this thing. The scripture says when he makes those stands, when he pushed back on the enemy, the scripture says that the demons left, the angels ministered, and miracles followed. I'm believing the same thing for our life. When we stay committed in the secret place, when no one notices in our wildernesses, we're saying we're not going anywhere. I resist the temptation. I push back the enemy. Why? Because I believe demons will leave and angels will minister and the miracles will begin. Amen. But God, God does see these secret private moments. David, how I many know, was cast away to the field to take care of the sheep. And that's where he first faced his lion and his bear. Those secret moments that he walked in obedience produced his Goliath moment. Are you with me? Esther, the scripture says that she prepared herself privately before her moment with the king. What she did in secret was rewarded publicly because of her private moment. We talked about a few weeks ago, Elisha, he's out there pushing the plow, pushing the plow. He's pushing the plow and it brought about his mantle. Think about Mary in this season. Angel shows up to Mary in a private place and says, hey, you're going to give birth to a son, the son of God. Even though you're virgin, you're going to give birth. And her response is this, not how can it be? I don't believe it. It's not possible. She says, how shall this be? Even in her response, she had faith attached to it. Help me understand it. I believe it's going to happen, but how will it happen? And so in her private moment, that obedience produced an incredible reward. You want to talk about an even more secret private moment? The way that the angel came to Joseph was in a dream. Can't nobody be a part of a dream. Can't get any more private than that. And then the obedience of that. He says, yes, Lord, whatever you do. And so be it unto me, they both say. And so they walk out this obedience, great public reward. Moses is in a wilderness and the burning bush shows up and he says, yes. And God leads him and leads the people. Think about Joshua, who I just mentioned. Consecrate yourself. The Lord's going to do amazing things about us. Think about the walls of Jericho. He says, for six days, you walk around that thing. In a secret place, God tells them to do something crazy, like march around for six days. March around, march around that thing. Then on the seventh day, go around it seven times and blow trumpets. Now imagine telling that to your buddies. Hey, those, those, those walls that people say are never going to come down. Those, those walls, those will never come down. Imagine that. They're walking around there, and they're believing God. In a secret place. God spoke to them in a secret place. You go this, you do this, you be obedient. You march around those things, those walls are going to fall. We're marching around those things and people are saying things. Those guys keep walking around that thing. They know those walls will never fall, right? There's no evidence those walls are ever going to fall, but they just keep marching. Can I get an amen today? And so in a secret place, a public public reward, and uh, of course it did it. So I'll say it like this. Private discipline brings public reward. If, if, if all we're going to do is wait for the church to handle it, the, the next person to handle it, the evangelist to handle it, the next thing to handle God's looking for us to personally and privately and intimately get joined together with him and follow him into his kingdom. Are you with me? I'll close with this. Uh, last thought is Jacob and Esau. We see this story where Jacob is named deceiver, cheater, said about his life that how I many know oh, he, he robbed the birthright of his brother? And so he's, he's labeled this cheater, this deceiver. It's the reputation on his life. But the scripture says that in the night, 
in a secret place where no one's watching. There's no cheerleaders. There's no spectators. There's nobody posting it on Facebook how the battle's going for him. The scripture says he gets into a wrestling match with an angel. And Jacob says, I'm not going to stop this. We're not going to until you bless me. Now, this wasn't like a visual. This wasn't a vision because the scripture said that the next day he walked with a limp. He had an injury. There was an effect to this. So it wasn't like this epiphany thing he had. No, he, he got in a physical battle. He wrestled with God for his blessing. But what's incredible about this story is he stayed committed to it in the overnight. No one noticed, no one watching, nobody would. But here's the, the phrase that I love that comes out of this is the scripture says in his secret battle, in his overnight battle, in his nobody accolades, no, no special attention, wrestling with God, the scripture says it changed his nature. It changed who he was. He actually got a new name from it. What I'm trying to say is what was done in secret God transformed into a whole new person. The scripture says this about him. It says that in that place when he wrestled with God, even though it was a secret place, he wasn't brought before the kings for a wrestling match. He wasn't brought before all the... He wrestled with God in the night. The scripture says in that place, he saw God face to face. The scripture also said about his life after this, he was no longer called cheater or deceiver. He was called a person blessed by God who shall have favor with man and God. The secret place wrestling that we're all in, it's changing you to a person who will walk with favor with God and man. Keep fighting, keep believing, keep praying, even when no one notices. Don't go anywhere. We're in this. We're going for this. Can I get an amen? Amen. We're not afraid of the fire. We're going into the fire because he's with us. Can I get an amen?